Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Increase Your Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome back to Inquiries of Our Reality. Today's guest is a little different than usual. We definitely cover the paranormal regularly on the show, but this was the first time I've had the opportunity to have someone on who doesn't just do paranormal investigations, but actually makes the devices used in paranormal investigations. And if that doesn't catch your interest, we definitely get into some obscure theories, as we usually do on the show. Definitely fascinating, all the same, and it was a great conversation. But before we get into that, for anybody that isn't already aware, I will be speaking and vending at the Snarly You Presents Cryptid Halloween 2, Cryptid Festival, and Halloween Craft Show. That'll be going on October 28th from 12 to 6, and that will be in West Virginia. And it is a free event to attend, so if you guys are willing to come and make it out, it'd be great. And uh, like I said, Orn and I will be speaking at that, so if anybody is able to make it out, it'd be super-duper cool. But if you're not able to, we should be doing some sort of a live feed of that. And if you're not able to catch the live feed either, we should be uploading it onto YouTube and possibly even some clips onto TikTok and stuff. But there will be ways for you guys to see it if you guys are interested in seeing it, even if you can't make it out. But uh, hopefully I will see you guys there. And if you guys are planning on coming out there, please let me know because I'd love to already know your face and know your name and be able to point you out and have a conversation with you. That kind of stuff's always fun. So uh, yeah, let me know if you guys are attending. And if you guys want some more information on that, uh, there is some links and some more information down in the show description of this episode. And uh, if you guys haven't already left a review or rating for the show, I would definitely appreciate it. Uh, If you guys leave a five-star review on iTunes, then I will read it on the show and give you guys a big shout out. And uh, if you guys don't haven't already, don't forget to go and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Discord, and Telegram, and uh, any other social media websites I might happen to pop up on. Uh, anything that might pop up new, that will all be in the uh, link tree down in the show description, but at least follow on those ones. Those are the main ones that I'm the most active on, especially Instagram. And if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, experiencer, contactee, ufologist, uh, Sasquatch experiencer in particular, uh, any of that kind of stuff, I'd love to have you on the show. Even if you're a listener, um, if it's a short encounter, I'd like to start making some collab episodes possibly with multiple people that are listener encounters and be able to get you guys, the listeners, a little bit more included into the show. So let me know if you guys are interested in any of that. You guys can shoot me a message on Instagram, which I, like I said, is the one I'm the most active on, or you guys can email me at increase of our reality podcast at outlook.com. 
or you can go to the link tree, fill out the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. And uh, make sure you guys check your spam and junk folders, make sure nothing gets missed in the process. Uh, and if you guys haven't already checked out Bizarre Encounters, my other show that I do with my awesome co-host, Oren, definitely recommend going and checking that out if you guys want to check out some of the deep dives that I do over there. Uh, Oren does a lot of good work over there. I connect a lot of weird theories over there. It's a really fun show. We make some jokes along the way. So definitely go and check it out if you haven't already. And if you guys want to keep tabs on anything I do all as a whole, go and check out all the Open Minds Media pages. That's my, uh, I guess you could say, production company for everything that I do, um, such as the Patreon, the YouTube, the TikTok, all that. It's all under Open Minds Media. So then I can uh, include this show and I can also include Bizarre Encounters all in the same place, make it a little bit easier for me and easier for you guys to follow. And if you guys want to support the show, there's a couple different ways to do so. You guys can become Patreon members, such as the awesome people like Riley, Brandy, Floyd, uh, Brian, there's a, there's a bunch of them over there. There's a lot of really cool people. Get, join the ranks of them. You'll get things such as ad-free episodes, early access to the show, lives of the show, live replays, which is the video format of the show, uh, exclusive March star discounts. And I'm always willing to add some more stuff over there. So if there's anything you guys want to see as far as the Patreon goes, let me know. And I'd love to incorporate it into that to make it even more user-friendly for you guys. And uh, with that, you don't just get increase of our reality. You also get bizarre encounters, a little bit more bang for your buck. So definitely go and check it out. Or you guys can donate to the show directly if you want to make it so it's a little bit easier for me to get out to more conventions and different other things going on and get to meet more of you guys firsthand. Uh, you guys can donate through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if you guys donate, let me know you donated. If it doesn't give you some type of option for a personalized message, and I'd love to give you guys a big shout out in the show. And then the third way you guys can support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store where you'll find all the different new logo designs. Uh, you'll also find some of the other designs that I made, like the Stay Bizarre design and also the Anime Squatch design. And I should be hopefully incorporating the new logo, which should be dropping soon over there on the Open Minds Media merch store. Super duper cool. I think it's going to look really, really cool on a t-shirt. So hopefully you guys will end up scooping that for yourselves. And if you guys scoop anything from the store, if you guys don't mind sending me a picture of you guys wearing it, I'd love to repost on the page and give you guys a big shout out. And uh, if you guys can't support the show in any of those ways, you guys can always just uh, communicate with the show. Let me know what you guys think of the show. Shoot me a message, any of that kind of stuff. Share the show. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways to support podcasts without actually contributing any kind of money or anything like that. So all that stuff is always appreciated just the same. I love getting random messages from you guys saying you guys are enjoying the show or your guys' comments on particular episodes. So don't be discouraged. Shoot me some messages. Let me know what you guys think. Share the shit out of the show because that's the only way that the show is going to continue to grow and make it so that the algorithm makes it so more people are able to see the show. And uh, if you guys haven't already scooped yourself some awesome merchandise from Crypto Theology, you know, half my wardrobe is Crypto Theology. So I definitely recommend going and checking Joe out. He does a lot of really good work over there, always dropping new designs. And uh, he did Squonkapalooza semi recently. So I know that kind of took a, a lot of his time. So after that, everything is all done and over with with that. There should be some more new merch designs that he's dropping pretty soon. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available down in the link tree, down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, Barry Reader from Dimension Devices. How's it going today, man? Going pretty good, pretty good. All good at your end? Yeah, not too bad, man. Uh, thanks for making the time. I know it's super late over there, over in the UK. I don't get a lot of UK guests on just because of the whole time difference thing. Australia is usually a little bit easier because yeah. it's like my night, their morning, but you know, you're, it's like my night and then your late, late night. So it's kind of hard to schedule UK guests, but you know, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. 
Awesome. I do appreciate you taking the time to just chat around with me. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> so uh, I guess a good spot to start for anybody that might not be familiar with who you are, what you do, or what Dimension Devices is. Uh, why don't you kind of let me know a little bit about yourself and then a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so Dimension Devices, uh, call ourselves a paranormal equipment uh, company, um, but basically we try to sort of bridge the gap because paranormal equipment is super expensive. So we thought we'd just chop chop off the price but increase the functionality. Um, so we try to create devices that are multifunctional um, for like a fraction of the price. And our first device is basically based upon the Ovulus, um, which is very popular, paranormal hunting device, spits out words. Um, and then increase the functionality. At the moment, I think it's eight-fold functionality for about just under a third of the price. Um, so it's, it's, it's going pretty well. Um, and I've got a massive background in uh, conspiracies and paranormal. Um, and that's kind of where this all sort of gelled from. Um, I used to be a web developer and programmer. And I'm, I worked for some massive clients like uh, Jeep and Chrysler and Nikon. And it just become, it went from having creativity on the developer to basically having a um, a production line, just a conveyor belt of stuff that you churn out day in, day out, and there's no creative input. Uh, so I jacked it in after like 25 years or something <laughs> and decided to put, put my hand in electronics. That's where we are right now. So uh, did you have a background in the paranormal and that's what inspired you to start working on paranormal devices? Is, is it because it's something like near and dear to you? Yeah, kind of. So like, um, I mean, I guess you go way back. I don't know what you call primary school over in the US, but it's basically ages five to 11. Oh, like elementary school. That's what we call it over here. Yeah, elementary school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so back then, uh, we had a little library in our school and I remember picking out a book that had a really scary looking alien on the front. And um, I was six or seven years old, maybe. And I remember seeing this image of uh, an alien outline. It was an illustration of painting um, in some farmer's window and he had a shotgun and the alien had red glowing eyes. And that was kind of my entry into a uh, paranormal. Um, then flash forward a couple of years and then I found out about the X-Files Ooh, <laughs> and then that just yeah that, i've been going back through that recently like, i'm like halfway back well season two or so but i'm yeah re going back re through and rewatching and everything oh man that's like one of the best shows ever made <laughs> it's so good i think up to about season six or seven whenever Mulder leaves it's really really good and then after that it kind of dwindles a little bit um, but there's still a lot of truth in that program that kind of gets spit around um, but yeah, they around the same sort of time. My dad bought a subscription to uh, a magazine called The X Factor, which is nothing to do with the like British Idol show on TV. <laughs> um, they used to have like uh, articles about um, ghosts and like. Do you remember the the picture, the very very famous picture of I think it's Newbie Abbey, it's the long monk ghost standing next to the altar. Um, yeah, so pictures like that and little articles about that and stuff about the uh, the poltergeist house and the Amityville horror and so on and so forth. And then that kind of spurned my interest into anomalous research. Can we call it that? Anomalous research? Fortean research. It goes by many names. Fortean's <laughs> yeah, for, 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 good. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of um, flash forward again um, while I was still doing development work. 
um, I decided to open up my own conspiracy Discord server, uh, which is still running now, but I've kind of put it by the wayside for the time being. Um, and the whole idea was to create an app around that that people could use that's completely free um, of censorship and everything that is stated on there kind of is backed up on a server. And then that kind of morphed and morphed and morphed until I bumped into a guy called uh, Travis uh, Wizowski, um, who's based in Iowa. He's a game streamer. He was gaming uh, Project Zomboid, if you know that game at all. Um, uh, I don't think I'm familiar with it, to be honest with you. Are you not? Uh, it's just like a sandbox a zombie zombie survival game, basically. Oh, gotcha. And I was playing it at the time. And I thought, oh, it'd be good just to watch someone else play it. So I tuned in and found out he actually does um, paranormal uh, investigations in his spare time. So I started tuning into those. And uh, we were talking about our background, my background being in programming and his being in sort of paranormal investigation and uh, device creation. And he uh, sort of pointed my my gaze towards the Ovilus. Um, and I just couldn't help but think that's daylight robbery. $600 in your money for a device that basically does two things and does them in an archaic fashion. Uh, so the, the end result of that was a lot of tinkering around with the Arduino development boards um, and which then morphed into Chattergeist version one, which is a horrendous mess of wires. <laughs> um, and that meant much, much tinkering later. We ended up with um, this little thing, which is the Chattergeist touch. You can't really get it in focus here. Um, yeah, I'll add a picture of it too on the uh, episode cover so people can see what it looks like and what you're talking about. Yeah, awesome. That's definitely a good idea. I'll, I'll throw you some imagery. And then uh, as far as like that thing goes, you said it's about the size of like a watch. Can you like wear it like a watch when you're doing like investigations? Yeah, so actually um, not right now. Um, so this is it. It is quite literally the size of a watch. Um, it's actually just slightly thicker than a Google Pixel watch. Um, it's got a variety of different sensors on there and a touch screen as well. Excuse me. And this one's got a, uh, it's still got the screen protector on it, so ignore the little border. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got a watch strap with an integrated battery coming out, so you can just clip it into your strap and, and just wear it around as a device. We've also got a lot of other plugins planned as well. So on the side, it's got a little, uh, I don't know if you can make that out, a tiny little hole. Um, and that tiny little hole has four pins and that allows us to plug in physical extensions into the actual device. So we've got a lot planned. We've got some uh, a 24 gigahertz Doppler radar, which will be able to sense movement, uh, microwave movement through walls up to eight meters. So that you just be able to hold it on your wrist, point it, and you'd be able to get a little graph reading of whether there's anything moving behind the wall that shouldn't be there. Um, and we've got a spirit box radio, standard sort of scanning frequency radio. And a couple of other things that I don't really want to share at the moment because they're, they're still in the R&D uh, stages. But we've got some exciting things come up, especially for the paranormal device scene because um, everything's sort of one device for one purpose. And it's nice to amalgamate them all into one thing and have it as small as a smartwatch. Oh, yeah. I mean, so the intention is that the device itself is already made, and then you're going to make extensions to go with the device. So if anybody like went and bought it right now, for example, all the other additional stuff you're talking about will be able to work compatibly with the device that's out currently? Yeah, exactly. So um, because it's um, basically uh, an Internet of Things board with sensors attached, um, we have the ability to release firmwares. 
So, so far we've released two updates and the third one is on the way and they will increase functionality and performance and, and include functionality for any sort of physical plugins you might plug into the device. Um, so right now we've extended it with two different modes. We've got dictionary mode, which spits out words, one to five words, um, depending on uh, fluctuations on the EMF, uh, temperature and radio frequency noise. Um, sensors, so it scans those, detects the average, detects a fluctuation between a threshold you can set in the options, and then based on that fluctuation, spits out words uh, from a 17,000 word library, upwards of 17,000 words. And uh, then we've got phonetic mode, which spits out um, like phonetic sounds, um, not audibly, everything's silent at the moment, um, but we are looking into a speaker plugin as well. Um, but yeah, that spits out, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but it's an incredible amount of phonetic sounds. It's something like a, a quaquagtillion or <laughs> number of uh, phonetic sounds or something, which is like 60 with 20 zeros after it or something <laughs> like that. Um, but then we've also got the Ouija board that's on there that um, uses the same sensors to move a, uh, like a little cursor around select letters. And the canvas drawing mode, uh, which is... Um, probably my favorite mode um it basically spits out pixels not literally pixels but scaled up pixels of different uh, aspect ratios on the screen and then runs it through a few filters which is completely devoid of internet so it's generating it all on the fly in real time um and just to see basically what it can draw um, and we've had an exponential amount of human shaped figures appear and I cannot explain that because all it's doing is taking the micro EMF fluctuations, the temperature fluctuations and the radio frequency fluctuations and using that as data for the color, shape and placement of the pixel on the screen. Um, and we get an abnormal amount of humanoid shapes, mostly in black, which is a lot of people have uh, coined them shadow figures. Yeah. And we've got quite a few screenshots and photos of these weird shadow figures. So the intention for that program yeah, isn't that the things on the other side can like draw pictures, but rather it tries to draw pictures of like of them being in the area. Is that the intention? Yeah. Well, the intention really was to take raw um, sensor and uh, component data, um, again, EMF temperature, radio frequency noise, and set an average. So it's constantly setting a new baseline. And then if the next reading from that baseline is above or below a threshold that's set, it then just assigns a color. So basically you're taking uh, environmental data and interpreting it in many, many different ways. Some in words, some in phonetic sounds, some in letters. Um, we've got an emoji mode. <laughs> um, so do like happy face, smiley face, angry face, surprised face, etc. And then the drawing mode, which does the uh, pixels. So it's all just raw data that's just been converted into various different outputs for the user to read. So to get results from it, it means that the environment is fluctuating in such a way that would produce those results. So when you get repeated results, it means that the environment is fluctuating in the same way. Uh, therefore, in theory, giving spirits, or as I like to call them, dimensional entities, a different way of um, communicating through this device instead of just grabbing a, uh, an aerial or going near a cat ball or something like that. 
Is that uh, something that's like original to you guys? Like you created that concept or was that something that was already kind of out, out in the mainstream, then you guys kind of did it in your own way? <laughs> yeah. So this is a, this is kind of an area of contention, I guess, uh, because no device developer wants to give away how their device works. Of course. <laughs> um, however, um, Ovilus, as far as we can tell, is monitoring um, electromagnetic frequency, but we don't know whether they're monitoring fluctuations or whether they're just taking the raw, re like real-time reading data and spitting things out. Um, and not being able to get a hold of one makes that quite difficult to sort of discern. Um, but there's other um, devices, such as the Envoy, which takes direct reading of temperature and EMF, I think, if I remember right and then just displays raw data. So it'd be words and letters, I think it does. And it just displays them directly from whatever readings they get, which sounds good. Um, but unfortunately, that's gonna, you're going to get more false positives because you're going to be getting the same readings over and over again, like the same temperature. Temperature doesn't fluctuate that much in a room. Um, so it's good to be able to set a threshold and see how far beyond or far below that threshold is, because then you get a bigger range of uh, results. And then, in theory. does this uh, does this device connect to your phone, or like how does it um, does it store data? Like does it like when you, for example, use like a spirit box? Like a lot of people, you know, you'll use like the old school ones, the analog ones, and it's like you don't really have a way to necessarily like track every word that's said. Uh, does this device have the ability to like keep a like a like a log of all the different things that come through on it, or is it able to connect to your phone where you can like pull stuff onto your phone directly or how does that work exactly? Uh, so it does both um, in some modes. So the canvas drawing mode, there isn't enough uh, memory actually on the device because it's so small to actually hold that data without an external, like an SD card or something. And unfortunately the device just doesn't have an SD card component yet. Um, so currently we're only storing words um, from the dictionary mode, which has three inbuilt modes. So it's also got three different modes of operating the dictionary mode. Um, and also the Ouija board words that are out that goes into a word history and you can scroll back through that history. Um, in terms of phone connectivity, the board actually does have um, Bluetooth uh, BLE, which is a low energy Bluetooth. And it also has Wi-Fi, but we have the Wi-Fi disabled for two reasons. One is battery life or three reasons. One is battery life. One is we can't quite figure out a good way of using Wi-Fi for paranormal investigation. And the other one is um, we don't want external influences or anyone to think that the board's connecting to the internet and getting false positives and displaying you uh, those things. Um, so the phone at the moment can Bluetooth to the device and you can use a BLE reader app um, to just read the words that are displayed on the screen. Um, and we're in the process of developing our own app for that as well um, to streamline the process a bit. Oh, that's awesome. So theoretically, like, are you guys already planning on dropping a new device at some point soon? So like just asking for the sake of the listeners and the people that do paranormal investigations, like, uh, would you recommend that like this is going to be the device that's going to be out for a while and they should get it now? Or do you have a new one that's going to be dropping at some point soon that they might be better off waiting until the next one comes out? Well, right now, this is our flagship product and um, our business itself is only coming up to four months old. So we're not a very old business. Um, but we're also, we kind of want to keep this rolling. We, we keep wanting to optimize and we keep wanting to add more functionality into Chad's guys touch. 
Um, so it, it can only ever get better. Um, but we're also retroactively allowing users to downgrade their firmware as well. So if they believe they're getting better results from a previous firmware, then they can downgrade their device. So it's important for us to keep that sort of uh, flexibility and like go with the flow, kind of be like water uh, attitude. Um, that isn't to say there won't be a Chattergeist V2 or there won't be other devices that we're going to release. But for the foreseeable future, the plan is to extend this current device and release some extensions and some plugins and other functionality to it to just keep that ball rolling and keep people uh, being able to use one device to rule them all. That's a good thing because at least coming from like a creative aspect of things too, it's like you buy a new device and then the next one comes out six months later. So like asking for the sake of like all the listeners that might be interested in it, if it's like, should I get this now or should I wait till the next one drops out? Because that's always like the battle that you fight is like whether or not the next one's about to drop. And I always appreciate places that intend on keeping their device for as long as possible and just doing firmware upgrades because then it's like it makes it more worth getting the device because you're not afraid that the next one's about to drop like a month after you get it. Because like primary example, I got the new, uh, well, semi new now, uh, Hero GoPro. 11 and then it was like a month later they dropped the 12 and it wasn't like too much of an upgrade but it's like a whole new device and it's like man you could have just updated some stuff in it and probably had the same effect but rather than doing that you had to drop the whole new one so it's like you play this battle of like do i return it because it's relatively new and get the new one or do i just <laughs> chug along with the, with the last model you know <laughs> yeah it is a very very difficult thing and of course come i come from a digital marketing and programming background so firmware updates were always more important than physical device updates. Um, that, that isn't to say that the Chattergeist device cannot be improved upon. Um, there's definitely components and aspects we would definitely like to bring into the device. We're not, we're not sure whether they're possible yet. Um, but at, at the same time, we've barely scraped the surface of what Chattergeist Touch can do. And for the price point, which is £150, I'm not sure what that equates to in dollars, something like 200 and something dollars. I'm about to do the conversion right now real quick just to be safe. Let's see here. 150 US dollars. 182 US dollars is 150 pounds. 182. Yep. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, and we offer, we ship worldwide as well. So being able to have that price point and that huge group of people that we're able to ship to worldwide, it seems unethical to release a new device so quickly, even in a year's time, I can't imagine we're going to release another Chattergeist Touch. We might release a different device that does completely different things, but I don't think we will be upgrading the actual device anytime soon, short of the extensions. Um, and this, this is another thing with other uh, paranormal investigation devices and equipment. The Ovilus is a great example. I think they have six out now i think there's a ovilus one two three four five a and five b or something like that and each one just has one little extra bit of functionality i think the first one had a really low quality screen the next one had a better screen the next one had touch screen the next one had wi-fi and they just kept adding new things but releasing a whole new device each time and for the 500 to 600 dollar price point i think they started at 300 dollars upwards it's insane. I know I keep saying daylight robbery, but that's basically what it is. They've found a niche in the market and exploit it. And that's something we're trying not to do <laughs> as much as possible. And that's what I'm saying, man. I could definitely appreciate that. Cause it's like when you're dropping that much on a device, not that yours is crazy expensive or nothing, but you know, 
just cameras, like definitely. anything. It's like when they upgrade it in another year and it's just this little slight little tweak, but it's still another $600, $800 you're dropping. Like it gets ridiculous, you know, especially when you're trying to keep the latest and greatest and still have like the functionality of it. It's like, again, do I upgrade? Do I leave it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is something that we're really excited for. Like the, the we'll call it modular aspect of Chag Eyes touches. The extensions will we're going to try, and there's no, this isn't concrete at all, but we're going to try and keep the price of the extensions like uh, like 50% of the price of the actual device. Just keep them within that margin that makes upgrading more wallet-friendly um, because there's nothing worse than ha wanting a backpack full of gear and it weighs like 10 kilograms and you've spent just shy of 10 grand on it mm -hmm. um, when the Chattergeist Touch can do similar things and so in some cases a lot better um for a fraction of the price and a fraction of the size and i'm starting to sound like a salesman here but i'm not <laughs> it just just speaking facts <laughs> hey man if you work hard on something though at a certain point it's like a shameless plug that you got you got to promote what you're doing otherwise you know what was the point of doing it in the first place and especially with devices such as this it's like there's only a certain market that you can really be able to just sit and be able to talk about this on you're not being able to like you know, advertised through like mainstream means. So it's like going on podcasts, talking to people that do paranormal investigations. And I know that I have a lot of listeners that are paranormal investigators. It's like the perfect market to be able to talk about the device with. And especially when you can have these long form conversations to really understand the device, it's rather than, you know, just a five minute quick ad on something, you can really get into like the dynamics of it and what makes it great. And, you know, the functionality of it, like you were saying, just it's time and place, you know, and this is like the perfect time and place to be able to advertise and talk about your work because i mean you've clearly worked really really hard on the device so you, you got to promote yourself a little bit you know <laughs> <laughs> definitely I, I think um that that side of me doesn't like that after working in digital marketing i can't stand it so selling myself is not really my strong point um but yeah it's been since the first version of chattergeist which is a huge mess it's been just over two years to get to this point. Um, that's been two years of hardcore research, two years of hardcore programming and device and electronics and soldering and heat blisters on your fingers. And uh, yeah, we're, we are where we're at now. And um, we're, at, we're at a place where we have a device that works. It's out on the market and people are playing with it. We're getting some great results in. And um, yeah, more functionality if it can come via software means as opposed to physical purchases, it should definitely be done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure the listeners are already probably wondering because they love hearing about the different weird stories too. Um, what are some of like the best results that maybe you've gotten or people that have used this device have gotten from the device? And uh, also, if you know if there's any kind of like a backstory to it, because I'm sure anybody that probably had something weird happen with a device probably told you the backstory. Like, you know, what, what, what's some of the use of the device like firsthand from different people? Yeah, I mean, so from our point of view, we've had a few weird and wonderful things. I mentioned before the shadow people uh, being drawn. We get a crazy amount of reports for those. Um, I mean, I'm collecting them all in a folder and we'll, we'll probably release them in a in an album or something on the website at some point. Um, but yeah, there's been ones, people tend to get one or two shadow people here or there. And then when they go visit like a cemetery, um, they get like an increased amount. And there's no reason for that. The device doesn't know where you are. It's got no GPS. So it's impossible for it to just suddenly say, oh yeah, you're near a cemetery, you're near a church. We'll throw some shadow people on there doesn't work like that it's just completely random if you want to say it's random 
Um, and I think on top of that, we've um, I'm, myself, we've got uh, being in the UK, we've got some really old graveyards around here. And there's one just around the corner that's from the late 15th century, uh, 16th century, so the 1500s. And um, walking in there, the first time, first time we ever tested the device, we loaded 17,300 words on there, which are a range of different words, not just geared towards ghost activity and murders and rapes and all this, that and the other, but just random words to do with jobs and, you know, grass is a word, clouds is a word. And the first word we got that come up and there was graveyard. And that blew our minds because <laughs> we just literally walked in there, turned it on and it just said graveyard. And we just couldn't fathom. We couldn't have planned that. Um, so yeah, that was really, really interesting. Uh, but yeah, we've had reports of people going to places. Um, we've had a few people go to Malvern Manor in Iowa and um, they've had some results which specifically pertain to a man there who was abused and beaten and there's been words like abuse. Um, one of them was beatings, I think, or something like that. Um, but yeah, we've had some really interesting results. Some of the modes we haven't had quite as interesting results, like the phonetic mode, but it's hard to use the phonetic mode because of the way you have to speak it aloud. They give you a grid of phonetics, and then you have to speak it aloud, and if it audibly sounds like something, then it's uh, it could be relevant. You have to discern meaning from that. But the dictionary mode and the canvas mode, canvas drawing mode, have really provided us some solid results that we can't we can't explain, which is mind blowing to me because, like as as we said, as I said before we started, I consider myself a healthy skeptic, um, and I'm always looking for a way to prove things or debunk things prior to believing them. And going back to the X Files, I used to think I was a bit of a molder. It's like, yeah. I want to believe aliens are out there. Government's all sketchy. And the government is sketchy. Even of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as I've grown up, I've kind of become more of a scully in terms of paranormal sort of, uh, things explicitly. So with ghosts and aliens, it's more tangible evidence is required or, or mass sightings or things of those sort of that ilk. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, in, outside of Chattergeist, we've had some wonderful results as well with people using it in tandem with stuff. Um, so Bree Hollingshead, um, who is a person who uh, has supported us from through thick and thin, right from the, the get-go of Chattergeist, um, she's had some wonderful results in terms of dual device almost communicating the same thing. So they've been using a spirit radio, which is scanning through frequencies and picks up choppy bits of words and audio and the chattergeist at the same time and they've been like corresponding with each other not with the exact words but with words that are very very similar or infer the same meaning and that's something that again just like i can't explain that there's no way for me to explain that short of the environment is fluctuating in such a way that is causing those words to be picked and selected and that's just crazy to me absolutely crazy to me when you have um, multiple words that end up having the same meaning, but they're different words, that almost makes you wonder what like the paranormal's meaning of like communication is. Because I'm sure you kind of dig into the whole like uh, UFO alien concept, where they do a lot of this like telepathic communication uh, with people they're abducting. For example, kind of makes you wonder if maybe the paranormal side is somewhat doing the same thing. And it's just using the words that are there, but rather than it verbally using words, rather it's using some type of like telekinetic. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Like ability to like show feelings or like give like an image or something. And then these types of devices are just picking up on that and in a weird way, like converting it into like how our reality works and like converting it into words, for example. And maybe these devices are doing a little bit more than like what we realize they're doing because maybe they're actually like almost like converting a language in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that is um, my sentiments. Exactly. Uh, pretty much. Um, I do have unfounded loose beliefs um, that there are two types of spiritual entities. Um, one being, so I believe all time happens all the time. Um, that this moment is happening exactly the same as 1500 years ago in the past and all that time is overlapping and time sometimes kind of crosses over or merges and I believe some ghosts and some entities and some spirits might very well be um, dimensional crossovers or timeline crossovers and it's not that they're trying to communicate with you but it's more the fact that they're living their life in that particular way and it's affecting whatever equipment or whatever investigation you're doing at that particular time. And then I also believe that some spirits and some entities could be dimensional entities, um, which would go very well in terms of, um, it would very it would gel very, very well with telekinesis and thought control because if they're extra dimensional beings, then they go beyond the third dimension. And if the fourth dimension if we have anything right about the fourth dimension is that it exists inside us, outside us and everywhere all at once. Um, so who's not to say that that is, that is the case. Um, maybe one day we'll have an answer, but something inside me says maybe not. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe some things just aren't intended to be figured out because part of the fun is figuring out in the first place. And if anything ever becomes set in stone, then it's like, it takes the fun out of making theories and investigating it in the first place. And I mean, at least like looking at it from that perspective too, they say that like the next dimension up can interact and basically like construct the dimension below it. So, I mean, that would, that would completely make sense with what you were saying that maybe like they're controlling our dimension without us realizing it. And in a weird way, we're controlling the dimension underneath us without us realizing it. And I mean, if you're looking at it from like a simple aspect of like 2d, for example, like you draw a 2d picture, you're creating that 2d reality, but they're not aware of you creating their reality but you're creating it unintentionally. And that's when it kind of gets on all these like kind of weird interdimensional concepts. And I mean, there, there's a lot of different people too, that believe that uh, like some people kind of associate shadow people and like ghosts or apparitions like together, but then there's the other camp that separates them as two different, two completely separate things. Like the um, shadow people are something that's coming from somewhere else, like another dimension. They're like more of an interdimensional being, and that goes into multiple theories with, I mean, I've kind of thrown the idea that maybe they come from a theoretical like void dimension where there isn't necessarily like shape or light or anything like that. And they just take a familiar shape in this dimension in order to try to not be so scary instead of being like an amorphous blob, but they rather they end up becoming just as scary to begin with. And then there's the other side of people too that kind of entertain the idea that maybe they are a color that our eyes can't perceive. So rather than 
we, we are basically our brain just fills it in with black because we know that something's there, but it's a color that we can't perceive. So it's mainly like a defensive mechanism that we covered up with black just so that we're aware that something is there. And then even kind of throwing back even the idea that you were saying about everything existing all at once in the same place. I've always found that fascinating too, because then there's the whole concept that whatever's on the other side might be perceiving you the same way as you're perceiving them here. So, you know, you have like the 1800s ghost that you're seeing, but in the 1800s, they're seeing a ghost move around up their stairs and they're like, oh no, what's that? But actually it's you now seeing a ghost from the 1800s and you're running up the stairs because you're freaked out and they're at the bottom of the stairs in the 1800s seeing a ghost apparition run up the stairs and they're like, oh no, it's a ghost. But it's like, neither of you are technically a ghost. You're just kind of seeing like a glimpse of the other reality that's existing in the same place as the reality that you're existing in. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, and in a way, it's kind of, um, it's quite a poetic thought, really, that everyone exists everywhere all the time. Um, so it means no one's really separate. We're all sharing the exact same space with everyone else all the time. Um, and that's quite nice, being able to, you know. I mean, I, I guess it goes back as far as sort of like, or probably further, but in, in recent history, as far as like the Hopi Indians talking to their ancestors, um, it's very very similar thing to that they they talk to their ancestors they believe they've passed on but maybe they haven't passed on maybe they're giving a guidance and you just happen to tune into that because if if anything is to believed our, our consciousness could just our brain could be like a radio um picking up consciousness and if that is the case then we could just be picking up that frequency some people might have a more innate uh, ability to tune into certain timelines um or different dimensions or parallel universes or any of that. Um, it's crazy to me that um, people can be so definite um, about what they think reality is um, when we've got no idea. Mm-hmm. No, no one really knows what we're doing. We're, the older I, I can't remember who said it, but I really like the quote the older I get, the more I realize everyone's guessing at what to do. <laughs> yep. And that, that, the, old, the older I get, the, 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 yeah, it's just the more that rings true. It's just people are just. Um, assuming and grasping at straws and really no one knows and i think that's kind of the joy in investigation is trying to find that truth trying to find a way to find evidence of what you think might be happening there is a lot of fun to be had in that and i think a lot of people leave that by the wayside when it comes to paranormal investigation they want to be sensational you hear the word demon thrown about a lot at the moment um and they want to make it seem like, oh, someone's getting possessed in every episode of a TV show. Not going to name any names, but you know who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just, just being sensational and people are forgetting about the community and the fun aspect. We're supposed to be driving towards an answer. And if that isn't enough for some people, then that's a real shame because I think that's an awesome amount of fun can be had from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've even entertained the possibility too that I mean, I'm glad you use the word antenna when you're describing that for like the physical vessel, because I've often kind of wondered if, because you kind of like fall into consciousness as weird as that sounds like you exist for the first couple of years of your life, but you're not like aware and like conscious. Then all of a sudden you become like aware and conscious. Like I'm, I've been curious if it's like the vessel runs itself on autopilot for the first couple of years until it's able to develop. And then once it's able to develop, then the antenna opens up for the ability for some type of consciousness to come into it. And, you know, maybe this reality is a physical reality, but there's also non-physical realities that are existing over top of this reality that we exist in. 
And then you hear the whole idea of like vibration, frequency, elevating frequency. And it kind of makes you wonder if it's like, there's multiple things that could be vibrating at different frequencies all at the same time, all in the same place. And that's why they're not colliding with each other is because they're on totally different vibrational patterns. So I've even addressed this kind of like talking about UFO stuff, how you'll see them like fly through like solid objects, fly through mountains is because maybe they know how to vibrate on a different frequency where like on a microscopic level, they essentially, the particles just pass through each other rather than actually make contact with each other. And when it comes to like demonic things, for example, you know, maybe when you leave this life, you leave the physical vessel, but you're still existing as like an energy vessel or like a spiritual vessel or just vibrating at a different frequency. So again, if you have the opportunity to mess with the dimension below you, theoretically, like why wouldn't you like <clears throat> people just do things for fun just for the sake of doing things for fun. I mean, we're looking at stuff like it's demonic, but plain and simple, it could just be somebody trying to take over a physical vessel just for the sake of doing it. Cause I mean, realistically, anybody put yourself in that place. If you're existing in a non-physical reality and there was some guy that was sitting on the other side saying, spirits come to me, spirits do this, spirits do that. At a certain point, you'd be like, shit, man, I'm bored. Let's attempt it. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's hop into this guy. Let's say a couple words. Let's freak them all out. Let's get him to leave just for this, just for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, fun doesn't necessarily just have to exist in the third dimension. There's got to be something of fun in higher dimensions if they exist. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, if everything's just dour and sour and serious, then pff, what's the point? Mm -hmm. um, and g going back to what you said about, um, ufos flying through mountains and things like that um so i think this also kind of ties in with interdimensional entities some ufos are solid some ufos disappear and reappear in a different place some ufos pass through objects some ufos seem to take on different shapes at different times by different people looking at them from different places um how can that be um and i don't know whether you've ever seen um there's a very like an infamous clip of carl sagan describing flatland um, I mean, I'm assuming that you're kind of getting into the same concept as like a ball above water that underneath the water, it looks like a circle, but above the water, exactly. it's a sphere. So you're only seeing it from one angle. And I've addressed this a few times with UFOs that we could theoretically only be seeing it from our dimensional perspective, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily the shape of it, or you're even seeing the whole object for all, you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think some of that could also tie in as well with, um, paranormal investigation. Some people see lights move through walls and they see shadows moving, not necessarily humanoid, but just amorphous blobs of black darkness moving from place to place. And again, that, that could be an interdimensional entity moving through the third dimension and causing light to refract in a different way. It could be causing a shadow, but have no physical entity like a, like, and like a sort of like a hypercube might do in, in if it passed through it passed through earth um or in and out of earth um yeah it's uh, completely inherently possible but again if you, you tend to find people who talk about these subjects Im immediately get labeled as crazy or they get labeled as pseudoscientists and um again the older i get the more i realize that the more and more conspiracies and more and more out of the box thinking turns out to be true um, and going back to conspiracies, the whole reason I started up the Discord server I started um, was purely because of Pizzagate. Pizzagate <laughs> and the Boston bombing, and uh, without going too political into things, as that area of stuff, um, 
just sort of really sort of piqued my interest in paranormal and dimensions and frequencies and ancient technology and levitation and all of that. It's all within the same realm of out of the box thinking. And the the longer time goes on, the more we realize that there's, there's a lot of truth hidden in that. And there's a lot of truth hidden in media and you disseminate it all. I mean, it mirrors the past because, I mean, if you look at things in the past, for example, like, you know, the pseudoscientists were the ones that were saying like, oh, the Earth isn't the center of the universe. The Earth is this or just that through all these different concepts about like gravity, about whatever. They're all the pseudoscientists back in their day. And, you know, a lot of them became like martyrs because of it. And I mean, you got to translate that to now that if people were looking at things one way and they were like the odd mind out and everybody else saw it as like, this is fact. What are you talking about? You're crazy. And then 200 years later, you know, everybody realizes that that guy that everybody was looking at is crazy was 100 percent right. And everybody in the entire world was wrong about it. Like, why don't you think that that would continue on in the future? That a lot of the people that you may be looking at as pseudoscientists now, 200 years in the future could become fact like standard fact and everybody's everybody's been wrong multiple times in the past so why why people why do people not think that it would be continued on in the future like everybody at every particular time moment in time thought they had everything figured out and they understood everything and then they took a couple hundred years in between for them to realize that they knew absolutely nothing and i mean again continuing on like why would it be any different in the future like we think we have everything figured out now because we are in the like most current time so to speak if you're looking at it everything as like a timeline but it's going to mirror itself going on in the future so it makes you wonder what stuff now is going to be standard standard knowledge in the future and as far as like pizzagate to bring that one up like it's kind of a weird thing because it's like everybody is fully aware of the fact that there's this whole underground controlling pedophile elite but yet everybody kind of like in, they ignore it, you know, like everybody's into true crime. They're into like horror movies. They're into all this stuff, but they don't want to see the true horrors that are happening in front of them. And I mean, that might be because of the fact that like, it's, it's a hard thing to comprehend, like that anybody would want to ever do anything like that to children. But at the same time though, it's like people are aware, but they're ignoring it. Like some stuff needs to get brought to the light in order for it to ever stop. And if we keep kind of doing this thing where we dance around it, cause it's a topic people don't want to talk about, then we're never going to get anywhere with it. And I mean, it's just going to create more conspiracy around it because it's kind of a weird conspiracy too, that everybody kind of needs to notice. And it could be on two sides of the coin that everybody tries to talk out about this. Either one of two things happens, either one, they go missing or they're dead or two, all of a sudden some big thing comes out that they're all, that they're a pedophile and that they knew everything and blah, 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 blah. And there's two sides of the coin to that one too, that either one, these people are trying to speak out and there's people trying to silence them or two, they're doing that whole thing where you talk about the bad shit that you're doing so that you're not tied to it in the same way. And maybe they're trying to do some type of like, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, uh, not mind control, um, reverse psychology. They're trying to use like reverse psychology because you know, you wouldn't suspect that the guy that's speaking out about pedophiles would be a pedophile himself. (laughs) Yeah. I think I think that's a lot of um I think what what you just described there is uh organized religion <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, but I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. It's it's not it's an interesting thing how it's sort of like an unspoken secret, dirty little secret. Um and I think a lot of people I think it's kind of a twofold thing. A lot of people are comfortable knowing that things are happening the way they're happening, they're told how to do this that, and the other they're told what to do and what not to do um 
and what they can do and what they cannot do. And I think a lot of people are comfortable in that. And there's nothing worse than suddenly becoming uncomfortable. And those people are worried about, worried or scared about having their entire belief system shaken to the core. Their entire, and I'm not talking in terms of religion, but in terms of their trust in those who govern us um, being shaken to the core. And I think a lot of that goes on with paranormal, just to circle it all the way back around. Um, but a lot of that goes on with ghosts as well. I think um, well, UFOs is a great example, right? Because UFOs don't exist. NASA have said there's no such thing as UFOs. The government said you're all silly. We'll do a press conference with a giant guy dressed up as an alien to mock you. Um, and they've done all of this. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, hey, UFOs are here. And there's still these staunch, um, I won't call them deniers, that's a bit harsh but there's these people that are staunchly firm in their belief that what they were told at the time up until now is the truth and anything further from that point cannot be the truth and it's similar to indoc indoctrination in schools you're told let's say everyone in schools was told the the earth was flat which they were at one point um, and someone comes along and goes hey the earth's round You've learned that at school. That to you is fact. Unless you can prove it, it's going to stay a fact. And there's no way you can prove it back in the 1500s or whatever it was. You just had to take someone's word for it because you couldn't do the experiments yourself. Um, perhaps flat earth is a bad example because I'm sure there's listeners out there that uh, will argue that the earth is flat. Uh, but that's another topic for another day, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, I've even entertained the possibility of if we're living in an organ... Uh I guess organic simulation is probably the best way to describe it rather than saying like a simulation straight up. Um, you know, when you look at like a map, for example, they update the maps multiple times. So it's like when you first play a game, it's like a more flat map and then they start expanding the map out from there. I mean, maybe both sides are right because a lot of the people that look at flat earth, for example, kind of look at it from like the biblical perspective of it. And I mean, maybe at that time the earth was flat because the full map hadn't been rendered yet because there wasn't enough people that were needed in the space so to speak you know but then as time went on the map expanded and i mean that could be a continued on thing that goes into space too because i mean you're looking at these planets from a distance and just like in a video game you know you can look at the opposite side of the map from a distance and you're getting this like kind of half pixelated picture but once you fully come up to it then it renders itself and then it actually like exists where you're currently at so i mean like a lot of these planets that we're looking at from a distance you know we're could be obvious in a weird way, looking at the other side of the map and it's not really rendered until you're actually physically there. And then it has a reason to program and create itself. Yeah. I mean, I, I think me and you are in the same ballpark when it comes to that thinking. Um, if, if the big, if, uh, we're living in a simulation, that's undoubtedly how it would work. You couldn't have infinite, well, maybe you can have infinite com computational power outside of our universe. Who knows? But let's just assume you can, like in general physics-based reality. You can only render what you can, what has been perceived. Same as the double slit experiment in quantum physics. Um, you know, the particle exists as a wavelength until it is observed, and then it uh, flattens out into the actual position in which it's uh, perceived. Mm -hmm. And what's not to say the same happens with planets? Say so stars, well, I don't know, millions of light years away yet to be discovered but that's only because we haven't looked at them yet mm -hmm. and it's it's the, it's the same question of does if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around does it make a sound i would argue yes it does 
providing someone's already seen that tree before. That's my, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's my answer to that. <laughs> I mean, I could definitely agree with that one too. Cause I mean, even theoretically, like if there are animals that are existing in that area, there is something with some form of consciousness that's in the area to perceive it. But like yeah. theoretically, like if nothing is around to perceive it, then there's no sound to be perceived. So, I mean, like it may cr- create like a vibrational frequency, but if there's no receptor for it, it's almost like uh, having an output for a speaker, for example, and not having it connected to a speaker. You can play the song all you want, but it's not creating yeah. like a, it's still creating like a vibrational frequency, but it's not creating a sound until it actually has that means of having something to perceive the sound to be able to push it out from there. That is a perfect analogy. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Like the nature of reality and and the it goes hand in hand with religion, hand in hand with simulation theory. Um, And there's all these people that, I mean, they kind of pigeonhole themselves. They say, no, I believe religion's right. No, I believe that religion's right. No, I believe there's no God and I believe we live in a simulation. No, I believe everything just happens and things happen for no reason. Um, but why can't it be all of it? Why can, well, there's no reason why it can't be all of it. And that, that's why I, I genuinely consider myself um, a true agnostic in terms of I've got no fucking clue what's going on. Excuse my language. <laughs> no, you're good. I don't, I, I, I don't have an absolute clue what's going on. And um, I'm not too proud to believe that I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything that I kind of go to or comes back to this idea of like an organic simulation. And I mean, whether you're looking at it from like aliens created this reality or God created this reality or the universe itself created this reality, it's still an organic simulation because it was a reality that was created by something. So, I mean, no matter what way you look at it, in some way, shape or form, it is a created reality by something. So in turn, we are living in an organic simulation to the extent of that is a whole other question. Like, are we living in like a place that's created like digitally, for example, or are we living in a place that's completely like organic, but either way it was created. So in turn, by definition of that, it's a simulated reality. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would have to agree. Um, and I think at some point we'll get to the point where we're creating organic machines and organic consciousness in through AI and things. And then it'll all slowly converge. And at some point we will be able to tell whether we're in a, in a simulation or not, even though I think there's a lot of argument that people say you can never tell whether you're in a simulation. If you're part of that simulation, I think there's definitely ways you can measure that. Um, and that's something that I think might come, maybe not in our lifetime, maybe not in the next, 10,000 years, but providing technology keeps increasing, there's no reason why that wouldn't happen, I don't think. And then that brings us on to the next question of, will it keep continuing? Will will technology keep going? Will we stop? Will Is there some sort of like great filter for technology and like the Fermi paradox and will it all just break down and we're never going to get that far or questions, questions, questions. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's what makes it fun, right? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I've even entertained the possibility, too, that, like, we were created by something, and in turn, we are also creating something, because we're creating AI, which is the next step of maybe some form of, like, conscious life. So then I often wonder if, like, uh, something created us, and it's just this chain that continuously goes down, that it's int- the intention is that you create the next your next predecessor, and then they create their next predecessor, and then they create their next predecessor, 
So like going by that logic, I mean, there could have been some type of beings that created us. And depending on like which perspective you want to come at, whether it's like the religious perspective or it's like the alien perspective, for example, but then if you don't want to believe that, then like entertain the idea that we're creating AI. So then AI will either want do one of two things. It'll live within our physical reality. So it will be like, we're reusing the same reality, which could be completely true. If you get into again, like the whole biblical or even like alien Anunnaki concept, or we're going to end up creating a reality for them to live in if it gets to be too much. So then in we're creating another reality within our reality. So, I mean, you could look at it from two ways that either we outgrew and the last generation of beings died off and then we took over this space or they're in the same battle as where we're kind of at now where they said, all right, this is getting to be way out of hand more than we intended it to be. So we need to create a reality for these things to exist in. And that's kind of where I think we're getting with AI is that it's either going to be come down to one of two things. We create their own reality that they can live in. And then they're not aware that they're in that reality. They're just in it existing. And then we can still exist on the outside of it. Or in turn, they're going to theoretically like take us over and become, I don't want to say take us over like the whole like AI is going to kill us all concept, but rather the idea that they're going to outlive us, we're going to die off. And then they're going to be the ones living in this reality that we exist in because they were the next evolutionary step, so to speak, like, because the, the, just like technology, like the last thing has to be better than the next thing or the, the new thing has to be better than the last thing. And then it makes the last thing unneeded anymore. So, I mean, you kind of have to look at that chain going down the line, too, that if we are existing in the same reality as AI, you know, eventually they're going to get to a point where they're like theoretically better than us. And then in turn, then we're going to fall to the wayside because there's not going to be a need for us anymore because there's going to be something that's better than us. So, again, you either fight that battle or you create a reality that these things can exist in. And then you get into this whole like weird paradox where it's just like a reality within a reality within a reality within a reality. And each thing creates the next thing that goes into it. And then you get into this weird whole like Rick and Morty concept about just this chain of realities all existing within each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess what you're describing is some sort of um, creation of life fractal. It's just, it just continues no matter how far in you zoom life is being created, but instead of using the physical reality to zoom in, you're using time. So the further into time you zoom, the more creations of reality you have like exponentially as it goes down. And that's an interesting concept and not one I've really thought about too much, but it's definitely an interesting concept. I kind of like to imagine it as those pictures where there's like the image and then you zoom in and rather than it getting smaller, it opens up to a whole other reality and it's just this continuous like zoom in picture, but rather than it getting smaller and smaller, it's just like another whole reality existing within that last one that you just saw. And it's not getting any smaller. It's just existing like, within itself continuously going down the line kind of a weird confusing yeah. concept but interesting all the same <laughs> yeah definitely definitely and i guess you could even apply that to some sort of circular um i don't know what you call it timeline um, but in terms of dimensions so we assume that we're living in the third dimension because that's what we've called it the third dimension and then there's a second dimension below us and a first dimension below that but who's not to say there's like a 0.5 dimension or a naught dimension or a minus one and then maybe it just starts right away from scratch let's say there's 16 dimensions in total we get down to the first dimension inside the first dimension exists the 16th and it could be a self-perpetuating loop of fractal creation and it's just something that's happening all the time 
and that also plays into all time happening all the time as well. So mm-hmm. it could, I mean, all these things, they all just converge no matter what you talk about. And um, the more you look into things, you'll find that, let's just say, oh, I really want to look into 9-11. Let's see whether 9-11 was an inside job. So you start looking into 9-11, then you find out about like Able Danger, and you find out about the Oklahoma City bombing, and then it's a byproduct, you find out about like famous assassinations, JFK, etc., and then it, it, everything's sort of entwined. Everything's it's almost incestual in a way, and I think that goes. I think that's also a fractal thing. It happens with humans. It happens with time and conspiracies. Why shouldn't it happen with dimensions and um, all that? Mm-hmm. There's no reason why it couldn't at all. It's a very. I mean, we're going deep off the end now, but yeah, it's a very interesting subject. It's like a like, snowball like, effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, except for once the snowball breaks, it's still rolling, but it's and then it reforms and rebuilds itself. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I feel like that might be a pretty good spot. We can definitely continue on in another episode. I'd love to have you back on again, and we can just get into all these yeah. weird deep concepts because I love the opportunity when I get them to get really deep with these weird concepts. But uh, I always like to leave the show on a high note with words of wisdom. So if there is any words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners, what would it be? Be excellent to each other. <laughs> Good old Bill you. and Ted. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. It's wor- words to live your life by. And it's perfect words to, li- to live your life by. So is, uh, was that? Every rose has its thorn. Just like every <laughs> cowboy sings a sad, sad song. <laughs> uh, we're all just dust in the wind, dude. We're just dust in the wind. <laughs> you may enter heaven now. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant. For uh, anybody Sorry. that enjoyed this conversation and they want to pick up one of their device, one of your devices to take on their paranormal investigations, or maybe they just find an interest in the things you talk about and they want to, you know, have a conversation with you, uh, where might they be able to find your devices and where might they be able to find you on the internet? Yeah, so um, dimensiondevices.co.uk. Um, that's our website. We're a UK-based company, but we ship worldwide um, with a couple of exceptions that don't allow electronics imports, um, but everywhere around the world generally. Um, you can find us on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook. Um, we're avoiding TikTok. Um, sorry, sorry, everyone who likes TikTok. <laughs> you should read your terms and conditions. Um, but yeah, I mean, find us on there. Talk to us. You don't have to buy anything. Just come and chat with us. And um, we're happy to talk about anything, uh, dimension devices, anything about Chattergeist. Everything we've coded and created is completely from the bottom up. Um, and we are often sending packages across the world. Uh, for people who are nice to us as well, be nice. You might get yourself some nice, some nice stickers, some nice hol- hologram stickers. Um, we just send send stuff about, create community, help local businesses, small startups, anyone in the um, paranormal realm. We're there. We're happy to support you. See, how many devices can you buy that you can talk to the pro? programmer directly in order to figure out technical issues, if they even have any technical issues with this device. So it's like. If you're going to go and get a device that's paranormal, a paranormal device, like why get it anywhere else? Because again, you don't you you don't have that firsthand opportunity to talk to the programmer. So you're the one dealing with it directly, and like I have a lot of respect for that, and it just makes it easier for all the people that are getting a device to be able to feel more comfortable in the device, knowing that if there is anything theoretically that goes wrong, they can deal with the programmer directly instead of pl- dealing with some customer service person that's in another country that knows nothing about the device, and they're just working in a generic call center, and they're just playing that game and just reading something off the computer. Like a lot, a lot of respect for what you do, man. And I appreciate your device and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting one for myself. (laughs) I appreciate it. Definitely. 
Um, we'll add you to our friends page so people can find your uh, podcast as well. So we love having adding people to our friends page. We've got a nice little community. The ancient days of the internet you used to be able to find a ring of sites that were all similar. So we're trying to bring that concept back. Visit one site, bounce through to other similar sites. Um, so yeah, we're definitely going to be linking you up. With good old Google, I kind of feel like that's the way to go because you know they can only they only show what they want you to see. So when you start getting into all of these like weird concepts, I feel like we're going to get to a point, especially with all of this uh, whole fight back against freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff, where the only way you're going to be able to find any of us is through connecting with each other. So a lot of respect yeah. for also doing it that way, man. Yeah, I think it's that more people need to do it. It costs nothing, takes minimum effort to say, hey, do you want to link on our website? Yeah, we'll link you back. Job done. So yeah, um, and this goes hand in hand with podcasts as well. It's, it's a great way to reach different audiences and it's nice to see people still creating little offbeat podcasts. And um, as I said to you before we started, um, this whole podcast reminds me of Coast to Coast AM, George Norrie and um, Art Bell. Mm. Love it. Just chat away about all sorts of various esoteric things. Trust me, in this community, man, that's like probably one of the highest compliments you can give. So I appreciate that more than you'll ever know, man. <laughs> no problems. And with that, man, I appreciate you making time to come on and I'm looking forward to getting to talk to you next time. Yeah, no problems. Thanks for having me. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a review or a rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. Always appreciate it. And it helps so that the algorithms make it so that more people are able to see the show. And if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, I will read it on the show and give you guys a big shout out. And uh, don't forget to share the show if you think anybody would particularly enjoy this episode or if you think somebody might be interested in the show as a whole. I do post clips of the show on YouTube and TikTok. So those are really easy and quick to share with people if you don't know if they're going to sit and listen to the full two-hour format of the show. Uh, and if you guys want to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, be it that you want to set up something uh, sponsorship-wise, if you have some type of uh, thing that I guess is somewhat related to the show, or if you guys have some artwork or anything you want to contribute, or you guys want to comment on anything or anything, any of that. If you guys just want to say hi, I'd love to get a hold of you. I'd love to be able to talk to you. So don't hesitate to shoot me a message. You guys can get a hold of me through Instagram, which is the form of social media I'm the most active on, or you guys can email me at inquiriesarrealitypodcast at outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to my email. Just make sure you guys check your spam or junk folders, make sure nothing gets missed in the process because I do respond to every single message that you guys take the time to send me. And everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is available down in the show description. But if you don't want to go and do all that, you guys can always type it into your web browsers and that's L-A-N-K-T-R-P-E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the show and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. 